welcome to the Manic Metallic Podcast, where we respect fashion's past, analyze fashion's present, and get excited about fashion's future. I'm Liberty Gaither, founder and creative principal of fashion media company Manic Metallic. Several times per week, I'll bring you episodes about exciting things happening in fashion, discussion about current issues facing the industry, and the places and people that have made the fashion industry great. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at the Manic Metallic Podcast and at Manic Metallic, both linked in our show notes. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Manic Metallic Podcast. I'm Liberty, your host. Every Tuesday, we're going to be engaging in a series that Manic Metallic calls our Who Is series, where we'll do a deep dive into the lives of men and women that have built the fashion industry into what it is today but perhaps we don't give them a proper level of credit for doing so. Some of our industry's most fascinating and interesting people tend to go underappreciated. And maybe we know them, but we only understand them on a surface level basis. So at Manic Metallic, we strongly believe that, you know, you have to give proper credence to the past in order to skillfully understand both the present moment and where we're headed. Without further ado, let's get into the first person that we're going to be profiling which is fashion journalist and television reporter Elsa Clench. Elsa Clench was born on February 21st, 1933 in Coenberg, New South Wales, Australia, to parents Hans Eichbacher, I believe that that's the proper pronunciation. I, if it's not, apologize. And Mary Margaret Eichbacher. Having originally wanted to be a political journalist, owing to a keen interest in power, she studied journalism at Sydney University before beginning her journalism career in 1958 at the Sydney Daily Telegraph. She also reported in London for the London Star and the London Sunday Express. Eventually, she returned to Sydney in 1961 and took on work as a PR officer for Papua New Guinea. In 1966, she moved to Hong Kong as the editor and publications section chief for the Hong Kong Trade Development Council. A part of her role there was handling fashion shows, but that's an aside. Now, Hong Kong is where she met ABC News Bureau Chief Charles Clench, the man that was going to become her husband. They got married in 1966, and she retired from her duties in Hong Kong, of course, and the newlyweds then moved out of Hong Kong to New York to settle down. Now, Elsa Clench, you know, she doesn't really seem like a type to settle down. She's, you know, she's very busy going to and fro. So it was as settled as she could be. You know, she was very much active during her long and storied fashion career. So from 1966 to 1972, she worked for Fairchild Publications, which, of course, included both WWD and W Magazine at the time. In 1973... She was a senior fashion editor and writer for Vogue and held a similar position in 1976 at Harper's Bazaar. So you can see right there, you know, having worked for um for Fairchild, you know, W and WWD, having worked for Harper's Bazaar and Vogue magazine, like all of these different publications that we see as being at the top of the food chain in the fashion industry that she had a really impressive background before even hitting the airways with CNN. So she was actually with CNN for 21 really long years. She was the intrepid host of Style with Elsa Clinch. It started in 1980 during CNN's inception as a company. So 
her show actually debuted on air the same day that CNN debuted on air. So CNN and Elsa Clinch were, they were like two peas in a pot. Now, Style with Elsa Clinch was the first regularly scheduled U.S. program on television solely dedicated to just fashion design and beauty. The show, which it aired five daily segments and a 30-minute show each weekend, it saw her frequently traveling back and forth to all kinds of fashion capitals, you know, places like Milan and Paris, but she also went to lesser-known fashion capitals such as Moscow and Beijing to report on their fashion industries. And that's something that, you know... With us at Manic Metallic having created an entire ebook devoted specifically to alternative fashion capitals, 20 different cities you know, we talked about in the last podcast, we really appreciate the fact that you've got this world-class fashion journalist that, you know, she's taken over the airwaves in the United States and really the world. I mean, her show had tens of millions of viewers worldwide. The fact that she saw it fit to basically give the fashion industries and all of these other cities that weren't getting as much attention, again, as like a New York, a, a London, Milan, and Paris was, I think, a fantastic thing to do. She didn't slow down her pace at all until her show ended at the beginning of 2001. And she would, from my research, travel about, what, four to five months out of the year, which is amazing. I mean, especially, you know, she's she's married, she's traveling this much, and, you know, her husband would travel with her oftentimes. And I don't know, I love traveling. My fiance loves traveling. I mean, I think that it's a... I think it's a nice dream to basically have your partner, but also be able to see the world as much as she did and to engage in fashion at the level that she did. Now, in terms of her departure from Style with Elsa Clinch and CNN, you know, at CNN in 2001, there was a bit of controversy around the time that it happened. Because at the time, CNN, who was owned by Time Warner, was... You know, Time Warner was merging with AOL at the time. It was a huge business deal back then to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. That's what it was worth. And when that deal happened, AOL Time Warner cut tons of jobs. Of course, some of those included workers at CNN that had been there for a really long time. And so people were speculating, oh, was Elsa Clinch a a victim of the AOL Time Warner merger, you know, what happened, that she quit herself. And so this is what she had to say. It's a quote out of a New York Times article that I took a look at, you know, dated February 2001. They had talked to her directly after it happened. So this is what she said. Quote, there were corporate changes. It was a good time to go. End quote, she says. And here's another quote. I'm nowhere yet. I always said that I'd stay at CNN for 20 years, see out in the millennium, and then find something else. Anything but retirement. I'm so tied up with fashion and design, it almost seems impossible to live without it. It has consumed my life. And for someone that was as involved with fashion as she was for so long, I mean, she worked with newspapers, she even had a small stint at the New York Post, I mean, she's... Why to post? I'm not sure, but you know, it's another story. Um, she's worked at magazines. She worked at newspapers. She worked on air. If you've been involved with something for so long, just think if you're suddenly waking up and it's no longer there, it's 
going to be kind of hard to just let it go. And so, I mean, I can completely relate. If I were to wake up one day and suddenly there was no more fashion industry, I mean, what... I mean, I'm good at other things, but it would be hard. You know, what would I do in the immediate? So I think that that's what she had going through her mind. And of course, she ended up working on other projects that we'll get to later on in this podcast. Style Without the Clinch was so successful at the time that it was on television. It actually spawned a lot of competitors. And one of those was House of Style. It was a show on MTV hosted... At the beginning, anyway, by model Cindy Crawford, who was at the beginning of her career. She hosted for the first six years or so. I think that it was around for like 11 years, something like that. I don't know if that's the exact number. But after she left, they had some other models come in. Amber Valletta was one of them. Molly Sims was another. But they weren't covering the same angle of the fashion industry as Style with Elsa Clinch was. Whereas Elsa concentrated a lot on being really buttoned up, really serious, concentrating on the news, reporting on couture fashion. A lot of what House of Style did was focus on models and the modeling industry and, you know, personality surrounding that. So they weren't really the same. And if you want what's best for the fashion industry, you have to realize that you don't have to be the only one. There's room for everyone in some capacity. We can all do our part to help to make the industry a better place. And that's something that Elsa actually alluded to in a couple of the interviews that I read when I was researching for the podcast. Now, Elsa Klinge actually received a ton of awards and just like being honored throughout her career. You know, she got a CFDA Eugenia Shepard Award for Excellence in Fashion Journalism in 1999. She got an FGI Superstore Award in 96. And there were more awards too. There was some, there was one where she got inducted into the International Best Dressed List Hall of Fame in 1990. I mean, that's a huge honor for anyone that fancies himself a well-dressed person. She received an Order of Merit from the Italian government in 1988. And she also got a Woman of Achievement Award from the Anti-Defamation League in 1995. She also lectured at multiple cultural institutions, including the L.A. County Museum of Art, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And she even performed a commencement address at the Fashion Institute of Technology in 2001, which I think that it'd be pretty awesome to do a commencement address at some point. So anyone that can get that honor, I think it's, it's a pretty nice thing. And we can't have a conversation about Elsa Clinch without mentioning the book that she wrote. She wrote a bestseller back in 1995 titled, What Else? Style. And it was an illustrated text that gave women advice on how to develop their own unique individual style. I haven't read the book. You know, I honestly just heard of it when I was researching or maybe I'm dating myself, meaning I I was was like five when it came out. So yeah, I've never heard of the book, but I'd love to check it out at some point. She didn't stop writing after her show ended, you know, it ended... Again, beginning of 2001, she signed a book deal with a company called Forge Books in 2002 to write a four-book mystery series. And the series followed the escapades of a fictional news producer named Sonia Iverson. I wonder where they came up with that name. It sounds kind of random, but um, anyway, that was her name. The last book in the series was published in 2014. 
So yeah, if you're into mysteries and you're into fashion, maybe check out that series. Now, I think that I've got a few notes on the bottom here that I want to look at, but one thing that I think should be a takeaway from anybody learning about the life and career of Elsa Clinch is that, you know, her work should be appreciated for a lot of reasons. And, you know, not the least of which is the fact that she was so dedicated to reporting on fashion as a serious industry and not just being this basket case full of entertainment and gossip and basically just being this side show. And Manic Metallic is, you know, one of the things that we hope to do is to help more and more people to see fashion as an artistic discipline in and of itself. It's both an art and a discipline and an artistic discipline, if that makes sense. And we want people to see fashion as a force for creative change, societal good. And we need more and more people in the fashion industry to treat fashion like it's a serious thing. And that doesn't mean that you have to be boring or that you have to be buttoned up and serious like all the time. But just treat fashion as if it's worthy of being elevated, you know, just like any other profession out there, like being an architect or being a marketer or being an accountant or, you know, whatever have you. Like fashion is a worthy profession and I'm I'm just like really honored that Elsa treated it with the seriousness and and the heart journalistic chops that it deserved. Now there's a quote at the bottom of my notes here that I wanted to take note of before I got off here. And yeah, I figured it'd be something good to end on. It was an interview that she did with the New York Observer in 2001. And she was talking about the state of the fashion industry. Now, of course, this was about, let's see, about four to five months, I think, after her position with Style with Elsa Clinch had ended. This is the quote from the newspaper. Still, Mrs. Clinch acknowledges that her business has changed and not necessarily for the better. Whereas she brought a journalist serious eye to fashion Many of her successors are bubbly chatterboxes with great teeth, but little expertise. Much of today's fashion television consists of flashy segments filled with throbbing beats and quirky camera angles, making it virtually indistinguishable from a Missy Elliott video. By contrast, the comparably stayed style looked like the McNeil Lehrer News Hour. Mrs. Clinch is unashamed. I don't think that fashion needs another thing like celebrities or supermodels to hang the story on, she said. I sound like a snob saying this, but when I came to fashion, I came with a really great background. You know, John Fairchild, that was a publisher and editor-in-chief of WWD. June Weir, she worked at WWD and W. Grace Marabella, Vogue, of course. Polly Mellon, Harper's Bazaar and Folk. I worked with all of those people. I knew one hell of a lot about fashion, so my reports were more in-depth because I really understood. I used to sit in Jeffrey Bean's studio and watch him fit and go through the fabrics, look at the new things. Not many of the people who are covering fashion today have had that opportunity. Now, one way that you could look at that is that here's this person that's had all of these opportunities in the world. And, you know, when her career has come to not an end but it's definitely come to a halt. She fell back on the card of, you know, look, I've had all of these experiences. I've worked with this big company and that big company and this big company. And, 
you know, I've learned so much. And so she's falling back on this paragon of knowledge. And I think that some people wouldn't take very well to that. And, you know, even she admitted, I sound like a snob in saying this. But, you know, however you take it, what it does show is that is that she takes pride in having like a high level of knowledge and knowing how to do her job and being thorough and understanding fashion and design and the references that come along with being a good journalist and being able to just do your job. I mean, it's as simple as that, being able to do your job and help to expose more people to fashion and to make it as accessible to as many people as possible, which I think that fashion needs to stop being like this closed off gated community. And I think that what she did with style with Elsa Clinch was that she brought fashion and not just any old fashion. She brought high fashion to the masses, which I think is being able to do that without devolving into sheer fashion entertainment. It's really hard for anyone to do. It's a fine line to be sure. So yeah, by I feel like Manic Metallic, actually, in our philosophy, I feel like we owe a decent amount to Elsa Clinch's legacy. So, yep, I hope that you got to take a lot away from this. I I actually learned a lot about Elsa Clinch that I didn't know myself. You know, we put a lot of references in the show notes here so that if you want to go and do a bit more research yourself, you can do so. And, you know, I highly recommend going and just taking a look online, take a look on YouTube watch some old episodes of Style with Elsa Clinch and you'll see, you'll see what makes this woman so great at, you know, so great at what she did and what makes her legacy and what she did in the fashion industry just so tough to beat. So yep, again, I hope you got a lot out of this. Tomorrow, what we're going to be talking about is an article I'm going to be working on every Wednesday is going to be a day where we just dive deeper into the article that Manic Metallic is working on for the Wednesday release. And then, you know, every Thursday we'll be working on a different Instagram series, which I'll get more to you about that in a couple of days. Friday is going to be either an article day or an interview day. You know, we'll possibly interview someone depending on like if we have anyone on the site. It might end up being a day of rest as well, but we'll let you know that as the time comes. But yeah, I'm going to get ready to hop off and see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you got value out of today's episode, it'd mean a lot to me if you'd rate, review, and subscribe to the Manic Metallic Podcast. Be sure to tell all of your fashion-inclined friends and co-workers about the podcast as well. This would really help us to spread our message about fashion being an art, discipline, and force for societal change. And don't forget to stay in touch with us by subscribing to the Manic Metallic newsletter and following us on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to us through either of those means. I'd love to hear from you. I'll link these all in the show notes. You're the best. See you next episode.